0: Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast listeners, this is Dr. Justin Rabinowitz here for another episode for you. This episode is with a mentor and coach of mine, Paul Colodi. Paul Colodi is the head strength and conditioning coach at Hunterdon Central High School out in Flemington, New Jersey. They have a state-of-the-art facility. I would venture to guess that it is one of the top high school facilities probably on the east coast and i don't think that's hyperbole Um, and he also again is a full time high school strength and conditioning coach now you guys know my background and you'll know that i think this is an underrated and highly underutilized position that should be mandatory at every high school teaching every student how to use their body how to move and how to get them ready for competition now On a personal level, Paul, and I mentioned this as we started the podcast, was the first person that really got me introduced in the strength and conditioning. Paul is an athletic trainer by trade and also strength and conditioning, and so Many of you out there that have been to our office at Strive to Move understand that we blend health and fitness, and there's really no barrier between the two. So Paul was the strength and conditioning coach for me during the summer while I was in college over at Somerset Patriot Stadium, um, over at, we called it the ballpark. And, and I have to say, um, without any shadow of a doubt, that was when I was in the absolute peak condition of my life. Uh, Paul, again, was my coach, so it's great to get him on the podcast. As you'll see, extremely well-spoken, is really passionate about what he does, and again, he made my job really easy. I just asked some basic questions, and and he went and told us some great stories and and gave us great answers, so I know you'll enjoy this one. Please stay there and stay tuned, and for you guys out there that are enjoying this, please go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Thanks. this is the stay healthy new jersey podcast aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around somerset and union county new jersey this podcast is brought to you by strive to move located in warren and berkeley heights strive to move helps active adults in new jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free paul thanks so much for being here you're welcome justin thanks for having me absolutely so i wanted to start by telling everyone You know, we met when I was in college, when you were still working over, I guess, at the time, Somerset Medical Center, Somerset Patriots, and Mm -hmm. you were um, the athletic trainer for the Patriots for a while and then also director, I think, of strength and conditioning? Correct. And you actually, and I don't know if I ever told you this, but you were really one of the first people that I ever encountered that sort of showed me that you could be in a rehab setting and then also performance setting. Before that, I never really kind of melded the two. And actually, a lot of what we do here is based on me seeing like, oh, like it's not separate. It's very much the same, you Mm -hmm. know, because you did live in both of those worlds. Um, And so I wanted to thank you for that. And I think it is, you know, something that's stuck with me now more than a decade longer than that. And it started really with you. And truthfully, when I was training with you, as I look back through my whole athletic career, that was by far the best I was ever in shape and performance wise. So I just wanted to tell you that publicly.
1: Well, I I appreciate that. And, you know, I have to thank you and and a lot of the athletes that I've worked with over the years as well to help me grow. Um, You know, it was was a unique situation with an independent baseball team in this area having. Uh, guys that have been in the big leagues, guys that have been lifetime minor leaguers beat up and having two, three, four strength coaches and athletic trainers and trying to put together a program where they understood what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And nobody was doing it at that time. You know, maybe Parisi up in uh, Fairlawn, that Mm -hmm. was one of the first ones. People were driving by us to go up there. Yeah. and then eventually, um, there was another facility up in, in Martinsville. I think it was Test mm-hmm. that started doing that as well. Um, but we were one of the first programs that did that. And for you guys to trust in us to come by and um, have us work and, and train with you was was we, we really appreciated that. Yeah, it was, it was a big deal.
0: It was fantastic. Tell me your background, though. Take me back to how you got. I know we'll talk about what you're doing now, and I'm, we're going to get into that. But take me back to how you got to how you got here.
1: Well, I, uh, I always knew I wanted to do something with sports. Mm-hmm. And when I got out of college, I played baseball in college as well in the 80s. And uh, I came out, and I had my degree in athletic training. But back then, they had an internship program. So you could graduate, but you didn't have your hours yet. So I needed to get hours. And uh, I started working at a, a facility, a PT facility, and started to gain some hours there. And I met some great guys, Dave Kennedy worked there, Um, so I know he was your athletic trainer at Bridgewater. Um, I met him back in 1990, you know, so, uh, and some other great athletic trainers back in that day. And then um, I had a unique opportunity to go to Bridgewater State College at that time in Massachusetts and finish my hours um, and and get certified in athletic training, which um, the people that were up there really, you know, set my career uh, straight. Came out of there, had worked at uh, three years at Metuchen High School as the athletic trainer and started to get into the weight room then, you know, started to work with the kids because there was no high school strength and conditioning back then. So started to get interest in that, learn a little bit uh, about how to do it. And uh, after my third year in May of, uh, I want to say it was 1995, I got a call from Somerset Medical Center at that time saying they have the contract with the Patriots and they wanted to hire me for their uh, athletic trainer. So I jumped right on that. Um, I I, I, uh, wasn't married actually I was getting ready to get married and uh, jumped on that and my first year with the Patriots um, started learning more and more about strength and conditioning Uh, we were up in Nashua, New Hampshire Um, I knew Mike Boyle I knew what was going on I called Coach Boyle and I said hey I'd love to come down one morning and see what you're doing so I jumped in the team van drove down to his facility and spent the whole day there um, until BP um, and uh, learned how they did it and uh, drove back that day and on the way back uh, to, to batting practice up in Nashville I said yeah this is what I want to do.
0: And I didn't even know this Mike did Mike Boyle so what year is this? That was probably 1998-99. <clears throat> so did Mike Boyle have the private facility at that time and yeah. he was so like he's really one of the forefathers in that yep. private training model yep. um, was that Cause didn't, I thought he got famous kind of with that first NFL Combine. Was that kind of around that? Was like the Mike Mamula type situation? He was
1: starting to do that back then. He was he was already involved in the Combine. He was working with BU and doing some stuff as well. Yeah. So he was fairly entrenched in that already. Yeah. And um, but I mean, he was. You're you're right. He was the guy who was putting it out there. He was the guy who had the DVDs and the, you know the functional strength coach and all of that. And that's where uh, that's where I really you know took hold of what strength and conditioning was and decided that's what I wanted to do. Then that summer or that off season, I went to see Vern Gambetta. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Vern Gambetta was even before Mike Boyle. And one of our players actually played for Vern with the White Sox. Wow! So it became, you know, I said, Hey, Charles Poe said hello. And um, Vern said, Oh, and we started, you know, you know, having a conversation and that was fantastic. You know, I kept in touch with him for, for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, things started piling up when we opened up the ballpark. Um, I hired a great strength coach, Erin McGurr. She went to perform better. And I started to do more of the perform better stuff and um, went to the first FMS conference. And during one of the dinners when Aaron brought me in, uh, sitting down with Greg Cook, found out we went to college together. Wow. Um, so, you know, learned the FMS um, and started to Im- implement that. And uh, I just put it on Instagram. yesterday. I had my first ever strength and conditioning uh, club meetings. so I had five athletes, our five student athletes at 100 and Central, and we went over the FMS. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when they screened each other, and it was fantastic. Yeah,
0: that's great. Yeah. Tell me about um, you st- when you started the Somerset Patriots Independent League. What, how was that experience? I mean, it's uh, it's definitely most likely not super glamorous, but talk about like your experience with working with the Patriots. Fantastic.
1: It was uh, Mr. Califer was. Great to work with. Pat McVary. the whole organization was top-notch, the way they did it, the way they ran their business. Um, Sparky Lyle couldn't have been a better guy to work with. You know, He let you do your job. Um, he let you know when you weren't doing your job right, um, and um, it was fantastic. The first year on the road uh, with, no, with no stadium, um, I learned how to really train on the road. I mean, if, if you want to really get into the meat and potatoes, of what you're doing, try not to have a home base and do what you do. Um, so you would just have to go out and do it wherever you could. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were pulling into hotels. I would go up to the front desk, ask what ballroom was available um, that they weren't doing anything in. I had bands, dumbbells, and we would do mini workouts in the ballroom, and we would do our treatments in the ballroom, and you know, we would do them also at the stadium. But a lot of the stadiums didn't have facilities for me. In Nashville, I had a table in the middle of the clubhouse. Yeah, you know. Doing full treatments, ultrasounds, stem, everything—you know—trying to find an outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was difficult, but it made me so much better at what
0: I do. Yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, playing baseball around this area, Division Three, we would play in a lot of the some now defunct, some now knocked down, mm-hmm. uh, minor league stadiums, and having played at Somerset Patriots Stadium a few times, still to this day, I mean. The, even the Field Immaculate, the clubhouse, I mean, so much better than a lot of the other stadiums, which you don't really realize. You just think they're all kind of the same. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I remember when I was in college, we played in, like, Atlantic City. Oh, my God, horrible. And the playing surface even I remember Trent Thunder, which is affiliated versus mm-hmm. SummerS I always said Somerset Patriots Stadium, the playing service so much better. And is that I'm sure that has a lot to do with the ownership and leadership there. Yeah, right? Ray was our
1: was our grounds
0: guy, and, you know, he passed away a few
1: years ago. He's a great man. Um, that was his baby. I mean, he also East Brunswick Boat Tech, where he was the, yes. the athletic director. That field was like a, a, you know a diamond as yeah. well. But you know, we couldn't wear cleat. The players couldn't wear cleats during BP. It mm. was turf, turf shoes. Yeah. And, you know, there was a little little, little kickback from that. But then when they were playing on it, they knew yeah. why he was doing right. it. Right. And you know, just just down the line, everybody that I worked with there was was top notch. You know, A plus and. I couldn't thank them more for the helping my career mm-hmm. and you know going back to the you know starting that year um, I've adopted you know there's a great Arthur Ashe quote it's start where you are use what you have do what you can mm-hmm. and you know you walk into a facility you kind of look around a little bit and say okay I'm gonna work mm-hmm. you know and you just survey what's going on and and go and that's a big topic now about big groups in high school setting is well, how do you do it? How do you work with that many kids? You know, Freshmen, sophomore, juniors, seniors, different training ages. Well, you assess every day. You look at what you have. I don't write programs four weeks in advance. I, wrote, I write my programs every day. I'll leave here. I'll go to school. I'll write my programs for the day for my Thursday group based on how we did on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Who was in there? How many kids were in there? So now I can actually put my program together for how many kids showed up on Tuesday. Because yeah. if I had... 80 kids show up on Tuesday, but the previous Thursday, I only had 40. I couldn't write that program for 40 for the 80. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, every day is different.
0: So then let's transition to currently you are the head of strength and conditioning at hundred and central high school. And you've been there quite a few years now, but, um, you know, me being connected, playing high school, base high school sports. And in this area, when you started with that and I, the weight room facility and the whole thing, it was like, well, this is new and different mm-hmm. around here. It doesn't really happen. So talk to me about the, how you got there. And, and, you know, let's, let's, let's talk through, through that and what's going on now. Um, again, a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, Bob Rossi was
1: the AD, and I'd known him for years, and he was a a guy that I I leaned on as far as learning about high school rules. You know, if there was a rule you wanted to know, that was the guy to talk to. Yeah. Um, He's a legend in New Jersey, ADs, and now he's nationally known. And um, he called me one day and said, uh, I was a little bit down, I was out of of a job, I was in between. And uh, he called me and said, hey, our guy's leaving. Um, This is what it is. If you're interested, let me know. And initially I said, probably not and
0: uh you're talking from a strength and conditioning strength, or I it yeah
1: strength and conditioning yeah it was the full-time strength job they had it for I want to mm-hmm. say four or five years before I took okay. it okay and um went home that night and talked to my wife and I was paying for my own we were paying for our um, health benefits at that time and said hey maybe we can make this work you know um I had APT uh, which was my own business at that time I said let me see if I can find a brick and mortar where I can do that out of, make a little extra money, and let's let's see if we can get this done. And so I uh, called Bob the next day and said, you know, I'd love to come in and interview and and see if I can get the job. And we did. That was in December of 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, never looked back from there. You know, right. met with the football coach, and he said, yeah, you know, maybe we'll have about thirty, thirty-five guys in the room the first day open up the door, look in the hallway, there's 60 guys in the hallway. Wow. I had 2,000 square feet. I right. had two racks. Yeah. So again, talk about, all right, here's what I was supposed to do that day. Yeah. Here's what I got to do this day. Yeah. And um, we went back to it. I The first shirt we ever had made was all in. Nobody was kind of using that thing back then. But, you know, my thought was these kids have never heard me speak before. They don't know what I do. We're going to have meetings. Don't get me wrong. But if this is going to work... I need you to believe in what we're doing and be all in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we started putting that on the shirts, and uh, it was great. I mean, the kids really understood what we're doing. Coach started using, using the word buy-in. And uh, I want to say probably the third week, one of our better players, one of our linebackers, we were sitting in the weight room after after a lift. He said, Coach, I I hate that you're, you use the word buy-in or the, I'm hearing that because it sounds like you're trying to sell us something. He goes, you know – we should want to do what you're doing. I said, you know, believe in what we're doing. And I said, yep, yeah, you know, I'm never using buy-in again. We're going to believe. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to believe in in our system, believe in the process, and uh, try and get everybody all in. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, never look back from there. I, you know, we got to the point where we were using the hallway and outside, and superintendent walked in one day and said, man you need more space mm-hmm. and that turned into a 3 year process to the uh, 5000 square foot facility we have now with turf and 12 racks and i think we have one of the nicest facilities in the state i
0: was going to say i don't think it's i don't think it's a uh, hyperbole to say maybe outside of rutgers college high school you probably have one of the nicest gyms in in the state easily right
1: yeah there's some there's some others that have, that have started pope john uh, Joe Lopez up there has a, has a great facility. They just built. Um, uh-huh. I want to say about two years ago. It's pretty nice. Um, there there are some others. Okay. Um, I know Pingry just put in a new one. They yeah. did a great job. Yeah. Public school. Public school. Watchung Hills. Mm-hmm. They had a, an auxiliary gym that they gutted and made into a weight room. Yes. Yep. And dedicated it just to the weight room. Yeah. And I think. Um, Cognetti. Uh, coach Cognetti's up there. He does a great job. My yep. brother's the re- assistant wrestling coach there. Okay. So you know, Watching Hills?
0: Yeah. I was there last night actually watching
1: the match. Yeah. So he's been there. He's been there a long time yep. uh, with Danny and now with uh, Coach Huff. Yep. Um, Guest on the podcast. Yep. I listened to that one. Yep. And uh, he's also the assistant track coach. Oh, perfect. Yeah, he cool. was the head track coach for several years and then he, he couldn't do
0: it anymore. anymore. So the, the thing that I've talk to people about the problem as i see it in high school strength and conditioning um and i've seen it at a a certain schools is they put the more money you put in on the front end for the good equipment the machines that's kind of what you need if you don't have the human capital right and so if you went into your weight room right now and didn't have you there it would be a disaster because when you have racks and you have bumper plates and when you have dumbbells you need someone that can coach it, mm-hmm. right? And so, like I, I was over at Westfield, like they have a nice weight room with nice, that they spent a lot of money on the equipment, but mm-hmm. I don't know what they have as far as coaching, and, and, and but that's kind of what you have to do if you don't have someone that can actually coach the athletes through.
1: Yeah, it's um, with our National High School Strength Coaches Association, that's what we're trying to, to push across to the athletic directors and the administration, that we want somebody in there who's educated, who has experience and more importantly, certified yeah. to run the weight room? And it's not about the X's and O's. It's not about the sets and reps. We all know that. I mean, you you've probably done three or four different programs and probably done pretty well with all of them. But it's it's how how you go about your business, the culture, the the mindset you have when you go into the weight room yeah. to get your get the work done. You know, if you do five, three, one, and on the last set you you say, yeah, hey, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do three less than I really can. Mm-hmm. That's a poor mindset. You're probably not gonna get much better. Yeah. So, having the coaches in there to help the kids understand that it takes commitment, consistency, and discipline in what we're doing. No matter what's going on in the room, whether it's 10 kids or 80 kids, you do your work, you're going to get better. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean,. It's, uh, it seems like a no brainer, but obviously I look at you almost on the, you know, there's other people I'm sure in the state, but there aren't many people doing what you're doing. And it's interesting. I played division three baseball. We didn't have a strength. We had for one year, there was nothing. And since then, I think they've built a little bit of a program up at Ramapo. Um, But if you talk like big time division one football, most of these programs now say the number one guy in their program for a lot of reasons, one of them is they could spend more time with the kids, Mm -hmm. is the strength and conditioning coach. And so you know we spend so much time, money and effort at every level thinking about who's going to be the coach and who's going to be the players. Um, But this still seems like, especially at a high school level, the missing link for so many programs. And I
1: agree with you, That's and that's why we're pushing the way we are, and other states are way ahead of us. You, know, you look at Indiana, and Indiana, almost every high school has a strength and conditioning coach, whether they're a teacher or they're a stipend position. Yeah. South Carolina, Alabama, um, North Carolina, Florida, you look at some of these schools, Texas. Texas, holy cow, they have some 20,000 square foot weight rooms. Yeah. And speaking to Monty Sparkman, who's the Texas state director down there the other day, he was saying, maybe we should start looking at the athletic training track. And I said, well, before we even start looking at that, let's start looking at how we how we go about our business mm-hmm. and how they go about their business. Mm-hmm. You know, athletic trainers, you never see them, you never see them in the forefront. They're in the background doing the work. Um, We almost have to get to that point. We we can't be you know it can't be a circus coming into town jumping around. We have to make sure that we're doing our job professionally, following the rules. So if you're going to be part of a high school, be be board approved. You know, go through all the processes the way you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. If you're a teacher, and you have a contract that says at two thirty, your your contract ends. Then get another contract, whether as a volunteer or as a stipend position, to say that your board approved to do that. Yeah. Don't just hang out after school and do those things. I think we have to start looking at that as a, okay, this is where we are a professional organization and this is what we do to make your student athletes better. Um, and not only on the sets and reps side, but again on the nutrition side. Get your precision nutrition, which I just did this year and, and, and passed. So we use that with our athletes. Um, look at mindset, look at things like that and talk to your kids about how they come in, what they're supposed to do, and, again, how they go about their business. And I think that holistic approach as a professional is going to have the administration say, yeah, this is a no-brainer.
0: Uh, administration wise, I'm interested, has there been pushback or even now that you're running this organization at other schools, I'm sure it's a new thing that no one knows about and it Mm -hmm. costs money. Is there a lot of pushback of like, what the heck do you knew?
1: No, not really. Um, I think that they're, they're understanding more and more as, as more kids start to come into the weight room and and benefit from what we can offer mm-hmm. and and it's starting to spread the athletic director and supervisors from Middletown came up and spent the day with me last year this year Middletown North and South just hired their first time full-time strength and conditioning coaches That's great the guy at Middletown North called me yesterday and said my brother heard about what we were doing in Livingston Livingston now is hiring their first full-time That's strength awesome. and conditioning coach yeah Um, Zach Evanesh is actually the new guy at South. Mm -hmm. Mark uh, Rosamilia is at Middletown North. Mm -hmm. These are guys who have never had high school jobs before. You know, Zach has been a teacher, and he has his own place. Now he's a full-time strength coach at Middletown. You know, I think this is just gaining traction. Yeah,
0: and, and, you know, as you're saying that, what I'm thinking about is so many of my friends that are – in the training world or the private sector um, and it's like if you want to work in the public sector for a school you're basically living a life of traveling all over the world mm-hmm. country um, it's not a very stable thing um, or you're in the private sector which you know you've experienced that too mm-hmm. it's 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 tough yep. and in this world I mean there is if you can get a high school strength and conditioning job there is a factor of stability there mm-hmm. which is not really a thing right now I mean so job opportunities going forward might be great
1: it's great and you know most staffs you work with at the high school level are there because they love it Mm -hmm. because they they want to not just stability because they love the sport that's their division one you know that's where they are and you know i you know not just football but wrestling Uh, coach canigallo is one of my good friends and has is has taught me a lot and i've hope i've shared some things with him and you know he really cares about the red and black yes and you know from our soccer coaches to our football coaches, I haven't worked with a better staff. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had some great experience with the Patriots and had great staff there, but hands down, going to work with these these you know, men and women every day is fantastic for me.
0: What does a, a typical day, week look like for you as a head high school strength and conditioning coach? Uh,
1: school at uh, 10.15, unit lunch starts at 10.30, lunch meetings um, anywhere. Some days I don't have any lunch meetings, so I can get some more work done as far as what I need to do. Um, either programming or setting the weight room up or if I have to do any um, cleaning of the equipment or you know, some screws have to go in here or there. And then um, from there, I'll go out and sit with our athletic trainer and sometimes we'll just talk shop. Sometimes we'll talk about what's going on with the athletes, about the games the night before, if I couldn't be there, what happened, how we did, mm-hmm. any injuries, uh, if I have that in-season team coming in. And then I start getting ready around 2 o'clock. Uh, there are certain days we start at 2.30, and there's certain days we start at 3 o'clock, depending on if we have tutorial or not, where they have that fifth block. And once we start, it's nonstop, team after team after team coming in. And I'll usually finish around 7, 7.30 every night.
0: What's the How long is each session? How does that work?
1: Depends on in-season or out-of-season. Out-of-season can be anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. in season's about 30 minutes mm-hmm. because they've practiced for two, two-and-a-half hours. I want to make sure they get home and get the right nutrition because, again, If I put put an extra load on their body and we don't get the right rest and nutrition and recovery, you know that, you know, they're just it's not going to stick.
0: In an ideal world, now that you have this piece where you are able to do in season, -season, preseason, how do you think about with the coach in a perfect situation, a perfect marriage, how much conditioning work? you do how much mm-hmm. conditioning work the team does how much influence do you have on what they do because you know you know i know in every sport there's a certain amount of we do this because we're football players and mm-hmm. maybe yeah. that's not the thing that we need to do so how, how do you how do you tackle that
1: um education you know with with an in-season coach i'm not going to do a lot of conditioning we're going to come in we're going to work on movement we're going to work on load and making sure they're getting the appropriate load for where they are in their season and i tell the kids if we do the right things we should hopefully get stronger as the season goes by right. And again if they go about their business the where they're supposed to when they come in right for the off season again that's the education part where the nhs sca is is really pushing a little bit so that 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 old school mentality this is the way we've always done it we look at things a little bit different we look at energy systems what are the energy systems we use as a football team and why would we run 300-yard shuttles when the most we ever run is maybe for six seconds? Mm-hmm. So let's look at developing energy systems and going just maybe a little bit above and below those things, and working really hard and smart when we're doing it. Yep. And again, that's that's the trend we're going with. And it seems like the press we get are is bad press. You know, you see these kids getting rabdo and everything because they're working so hard and doing so much. Yep. And we have to take a look in the mirror and say, Okay, well, how can we fix that? And we gotta look at our conditioning, the way we're doing it. Look at heat. You know, even though it seems like it's an athletic training thing, strength coaches have to know about heat indexes, yeah. and indexes. They have to know about those things. So when we go outside, if it is dangerous, how much time should we be outside? Should we even be outside? Can yeah. we be inside doing things? Right. So look at things differently and uh, you know, again become
0: becoming professional and being educated a little bit more. Talk to me. We all know Football, wrestling, most people know that those guys lift weights. Mm-hmm. But I always find that a lot of times the sports where maybe they haven't been used to lifting weights, and they do, it's like you won't see the biggest gains there, mm-hmm. swimmers or track. Do you Have you seen like like a light bulb turn on for some of, some of those athletes, or they're <laughs> still kind of resistant to it? Best
1: story. One of our swimmers the other day, and we do a lot in dry land. We do explosive. We'll do split stance. We're coming off the, what is it, the starting gate, yeah? Um, and try to have as much fun as we can, but yet you know, make sure that they're getting getting appropriate load and mm-hmm. what they need to do. And uh, after the lift, one of our swimmers says, "Coach, coach, come over here." And she pulls our jump boxes out, and she's only ever jumped up to this high, and she puts the extra one on, and she jumps up and sticks it. Mm-hmm. that was a great day that's awesome you know it's a great day that's great. and you know with her we talk about she's she's a little bit taller and getting off the blocks and making sure when she hits the water she's she's a, a a true plank so that she can get into the water and get faster yeah and so we work a lot of core with her and you know that core is transitioned to when she put that force into the ground all of that force transitioned up yeah and she jumped higher than she ever has before so those are the light bulb moments for some yeah. of these kids, and the other kids that saw that went, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. You know, I, I and I thought that was a great thing. Um, volleyball, some other sports that haven't been really big lifters with me, as they start to come in and seeing some success, uh, especially on the boy side, it's been fantastic. Yeah. You know, yeah, and they're just the ambassadors; they're the pied pipers for the rest of the team, and getting those kids in there and just gaining better culture yeah that's
0: all tell me about the club sports versus you know football is almost the easiest one because they don't really have club football Um, but baseball soccer uh, lacrosse there's so much club sport going on versus private so how have you tackled that especially as you said before the culture now is that everyone does private stuff
1: it's hard. You got to get your as much as you can get to know your athletes. And for me it's tough with, you know, 150, 200 athletes potentially coming through. I absolutely won't get to know all of those athletes. Mm-hmm. But understanding what their schedule is um and trying to help as much as I can to bridge the gap between what they're doing there and what they're doing at our school is a big deal.
0: Yeah.
1: I try to say as much as I can, you know, evaluate what we're doing here and see if you need extra. Yes. I ask them, more isn't always better, think about that, and maybe more rest, maybe more nutrition, maybe more mobility versus more training may help you out. Do the stuff we're doing here the best you can. If we're asking you to do a squat, heels down, if we're doing an overhead squat, elbows locked, things like that, if you can do those really well, then I may be able to give you more. You may not have to do more somewhere else. Yep. So evaluate that first before you maybe go out and do some other things. Yep. Um, and if they can, then, I, you know, go ahead and have a blast. Yep. But it, it is it is hard. You know, they're coming to me, then they're going and playing two hours of club soccer, getting home late, and this is not in their traditional season. and It right. makes it difficult for gains to happen.
0: I ask every coach slash trainer slash strength and conditioning coach that we interview about uh, multi-sport athletes and, and single sport athletes and and the the caveat i'll throw in here and you know hannah said to me after we interviewed coach huff who he was, coaches multiple sports. He wants his kids playing multiple sports. I mm-hmm. played multiple sports. I'm imagining you think it's probably a good idea, but Hannah kind of said, listen, like, I understand that, but I was a swimmer. And if I didn't swim 11 months out of the year, I don't think I would have had the success at the division one level that I would have. And luckily you stay pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. But then that's another side that people like me were like, no, that's not what most people say. What's your thought process on is it sport by sport, or you know what? What do you think is is what? What do you see?
1: And I'm asking yes. Did you love swimming? Oh yeah. It's all you wanted to do, correct? All I to do. Yeah. So if they love what they do, yeah. There's there's a I just saw it on on sleep deprivation that people have more sleep practices are better. People want to be there. If you want to be there and you enjoy it and you're getting in the car before your parents, why not play that sport? But understand that you'd still need strengthening. You still need mobility and everything else. So versus doing other sports, why not make sure we do other activities that develop those things? Right. I'm okay if a soccer player plays all year round, but there's got to be some ebb and flow. There's got to be that, those, those, those high points and low points where they're playing less soccer and maybe training a little bit more for their strength or their yeah, speed or something that, else. Sure. And then there's got to be times where they do swim more laps do things because again getting into your into your um, when you go and compete you have to prepare for that with more volume Um, volume and intensity have to be adjusted yearly throughout the year so what's the difference if i have a person playing basketball with footwork changing directions getting good shin angles developing acceleration and deceleration Versus a lacrosse player who has to develop good shin angles, acceleration, deceleration, other than the stick work or the ball work. Mm -hmm. That's all. Mm -hmm. So working on your basketball skills versus your lacrosse skills. If you love both of those sports, go nuts. Have a blast. Mm -hmm. If you don't love lacrosse, don't force somebody to go do something when they don't really love it. We're still working on the same footwork. We're still working on everything else. We can do that in the offseason. Yep. But they don't have to worry about their stick skills. They can yeah. just worry about shooting foul shots right. or something else. So, you know, my biggest thing to some of these coaches, and I think now that's just the, the cool thing to say, oh, we want everybody to play two sports because everybody's saying it. Sure. And I agree. Kids should be playing, doing stuff. When I was growing up, we had, we had to do our chores so that we could go outside and play. Yeah. Now everybody's got to do their chores so they can play on the Xbox yeah. or – they, they have to go outside and play first so they can get on the Xbox. Yeah. I me mean, that's ridiculous. Right. I asked the college coaches, they're the ones who say, well, they should be, I, I, we, we pick two sport athletes. Why aren't they playing two sports in college? Yeah, it's true. Why isn't a football player at Alabama running track?
0: Yeah,
1: We gonna have spring football, right? Yep. They have to learn their plays, everything else. But why don't, why can't they go out and do their 200s, 300s, 400s on the track and run for the track team and yet study football too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's my question.
1: Yeah. You know, and and it, it is a lot of track and field. It's the sprinting and everything else. Um but you know that that's my soapbox a little bit on that side yeah. that if a kid really loves a sport, why not let him play it, but make them understand that there's got to be some volume and intensity changes throughout the year so that they aren't beat up all the time, but yet they still love going every day. Right. And when they don't get in the car before you, then you make that adjustment and yeah. say, hey, you're not having fun anymore? Yeah. Yeah, dad, let's take a break. Okay. There's a lot of rec basketball out there. We are rec basketball at 100 and Central, Sundays you go into school, it's pandemonium. Yeah. You know, the kids are out there playing. They they have draft. Yep. They have, you know, they're talking about it. Yeah. They're talking smack. It's fantastic.
0: That's what I, I did in high school. I played yeah. basketball in the winter, but like the cat private, whatever. Yeah. Was,
1: Why cool. not? There's rec soccer. There's all kinds of activities where they can have fun doing that, going out there. Yeah. I, and I'm all for that.
0: Yeah. And I think there's also, I think, a distinction between if you play lacrosse and basketball, but like if you're a distance runner, I mean, it's like cross country, winter track, spring track. If you're a swimmer, it's just swimming and yeah. baseball, like pitchers obviously throwing, throwing, throwing to so that repetitive use. um I think maybe those are the ones where it is even a little bit more like, all right, we've got to like do something, at least the strength and conditioning side. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anyone would agree that uh, running cross country, then going to winter track, going to spring track, then training all summer and not doing anything else could be a, a, a formula for success. I mean, that's tough.
1: Yeah, Pitcher, pitchers ask, and I know there's a lot of guys when you came in there too, and they ask how how do I throw harder? And sometimes I say throw less. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. let's work on your hip mobility. Let's work on your ankle mobility. Let's work on your core stability. Let's work how your shoulder blades work. Things like that. So efficiency-wise, when your foot hits the ground to deliver that pitch, everything in sequence and order is doing what you needed to do. Yes. And then when you finally let go of the ball, it's going to be at a at a faster rate. Yes. Yeah. You know. And you actually actually maybe a little bit more healthy along the way.
0: Yeah. And I think we've just in the last couple of weeks, I'm sure you saw Eric Cressy, who <laughs> is a like one of the guys at the forefront of strength and conditioning, but also in the baseball world, got hired by the Yankees. Um, because They last year were just decimated by injuries, and they're mm-hmm. just redoing their entire program. And yep. so, uh, if the best team, the most one of the most famous teams in the world, is taking those steps, like why isn't everybody else, you know?
1: 100%. And you know, Coach Cressy really deserves that. He's worked his butt off in the baseball realm, and the Yankees are really lucky to have him. Yeah, and you're gonna see some big changes.
0: Yeah, do you, I mean. Do you think? Because I always wonder. You're getting these guys spring training through the season. Can is it possible to make big changes? Or you know, once they're in season, is it almost like what the heck is it? Is it possible to do that? You think?
1: Depends on the mindset of the athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll get an athlete who will walk in and say, "What do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I throw harder?" Like some of those athletes we talked about before. And there's some coming in and say, "I know my body. I know what it takes for me." Yeah. And Getting that person who knows their body, and and I agree with them one hundred percent. They know what makes them hurt, what doesn't make them hurt. But trusting that person and believing in what that the concept is going to be for that team and that culture, um, I think is is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And you know whether Eric Cressy has the 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 experiences he has or not, whether it's a guy walking in and the New York Giants just hired a a a, a head coach who has never been a head coach before, and he's going to walk in and ask players to trust the process and believe in what we're doing when he's really never had that experience before. He may be the best coach in the world. Right. So if they believe in that process and that process has a good foundation, New York Giants are going to be pretty darn good. Yes. Eric Cressy's is going to br- bring that same thing into the, New York, uh, into the New York Yankees locker room. And pedigree or not, if they believe in what he's doing and he's doing the right things, which I know he will, they're going to be pretty darn good. So it's, it's up to that mindset. Does that, does that athlete want to come in and say, all right, yeah, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And um, I, I think that goes a long way.
0: If I'm a, We have a lot of parents that listen to this podcast locally. If I'm a parent, and what, what would be your message to, to a parent of, of a high school athlete? Uh,
1: have fun. You know, have fun every day with your kids. Have fun in the bleachers watching them. You know, don't make it a, a a pressure pack situation. I fell into that trap when I had my kids uh, in the younger in the younger years, and now I'm at the point where I just sit and enjoy and mm-hmm. watch, and I just want I want them to understand that there's some qualified people. You know, at, at doesn't have to be a you know, private facility. They don't have to have the highest pedigree. You know believe in what's going on at your school Mm -hmm. and if things aren't going the way that you think they should be going ask questions make your 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 son or daughter understand that they it's the how it's the how they go about their business yeah you know it's not just the x's and o's it's not just the sets and reps like we said before if they go in with a mindset of i'm going to come in here get my business done and go home i'm going to come home i'm going to get my homework done then I can go outside or get on my Xbox. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come home, do my vacuuming, do my chores, how I go about my business. Yeah. That's what every boss in the world wants. Sure. You know, that's what a relationship needs to, to develop, whether it's you know, marriage or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. And I think that's a big deal. I think it's how, how you go about your business. With commitment, consistency, and discipline, um, that's a big deal.
0: Where can uh, the audience find you either on social or the organizations that you're part my of? My
1: social media is uh, at Red Devil Strength. Okay. That's Instagram. And I believe that's my, uh, I don't know what my Twitter is. That's, that's, okay. that's pretty pathetic. Yeah, it's all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big social media guy. It's all good. Um, and but talk about the organization that you you founded or part of the No, no.
1: I, I'm just a New Jersey director. Okay, tell national, us about that. national High School Strength Coaches Association. Yep it is um it's the only one that that caters to high school strength coaches and um, the website is nhssca.us you can learn more about what's going on nationally with uh, high school strength and conditioning Um, we have some great people in new jersey Um, our northeast regional is from maryland up to maine and kevin o'neill up in massachusetts frank cremenice in pennsylvania Top-notch guys who are working with the the high school athletes in those states, and you know, I would I would send my kid there every day twice on Sunday to have them coach my kids up. and awesome. you know, it's just a great organization.
0: So if you're out there, um, we have some students maybe exercise or strength and conditioning. Majors or people working in facilities that maybe want to explore something else I think it's a great site to at least take a look at and mm-hmm. and I would say if it's interesting to them They should contact someone like you. I mean you're always been willing to help me I'm sure you'd be willing to, to mentor and help anyone else that my might phone's
1: come. always on my emails always I'll, I'll answer the email as soon as I can um, I make site visits. I'll go out and and visit with different strength coaches and do as much as I can. The mornings are free for me. So if I get somewhere at 8 o'clock in the morning, I could spend a solid hour, hour and a half at those facilities and just talk strength and Yeah.
0: And, and the thing that I would tell everyone, because we didn't mention it really, I mean, but you've had what well, we did, the professional experience. You work in the public high school sector, and you also still do some stuff privately, too. Mm-hmm. So you have kind of seen it all. Plus, you were at the forefront early on of, like, seeing Coach Boyle and guys that were doing it before it was a thing. Yeah, you know, so that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a great ride. That's and great. I, you know, I just turned fifty one. I'm only halfway there. It's crazy. My grandma's one hundred and four, so I figure I got some I got some time to go.
0: All right, very cool. Well, Paul, <laughs> we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Thank this, you Justin. Was, this is great. Enough. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, brought to you by Strive to Move. If your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain free we offer both a free ebook and free over the phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it find our ebooks online at strive to our services there you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain knee pain sports injuries and crossfit injuries these ebooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit strivetomove.com our services to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908 547 0729 or visit us at strive and click the talk to the doctor first button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us. And we will see you next time on the stay healthy New Jersey podcast.